Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the beautiful, wonderful world of Nintendo. I am James Matsumatsumagno. And I am Michael Rivette. Oh, ooh, that was kind of a, and I'm Michael Rivette? Yeah, I'm playing with some new stuff here. One of, the, one of my other ideas is you have your beautiful nickname that you get to always go by. So I wanted to start maybe throwing trial nicknames and then we'll see what the viewers think should stick so like maybe this week i'll actually use my handle so i'm michael tomawolf rivet and then next week i'll try another one and then you know it'll be a little surprise to you and it'll be a surprise to our listeners and let them vote and see you know what my nickname should be yeah what should your nickname be i I do like that that's great i like it oh my goodness (laughs) i thought it would mix things up a little bit but this this time i went with a nice smooth intro yeah, it was very, it was very smooth. I liked the tone that you used. It was very mm, uh, calming. Like I, I was, I was soothed by the that's, voice. That's what we're here for at the yeah. dispatch. <laughs> well, this week, Michael, I will say there is just so much news. It is ridiculous. Our show notes are 10,000 pages long. So, so much goodness. It's not that long. There's a lot. There's a lot, though. So I'm going to just jump right in off the bat because we do have a ton of great stuff this week. Um, I think the first thing we're going to start with Pokemon Quest. It is now live in the App Store. Yeah. Did you download it? I did. I did download it. I think, you know, we had talked about this when it came out for the Switch and that it just it's not a game for the Switch, right? It's mm-hmm. it's definitely mobile first. It was intended for mobile um, and it was very clear that that was the intent. And so the second I started playing it, the controls felt strange and the and the play format felt strange. And I knew it was meant it would be a better mobile game. So I did download it. I've only spent a little bit of time with it just because things have been a little hectic, but it already feels at home on my phone. Yeah. And it already has a million downloads on on uh, Google Play. That's very impressive. Yeah, (laughs) that's a lot of downloads. I think people like it, you know, it's cute and it's, and it, and it doesn't really take a whole lot to do. I mean, it, we've talked about how it's kind of on autoplay. I'm not even sure I need to play the game. It seems like it does a lot of it on its own. Um, so maybe people like that. They just kind of, it's a cute Pokemon and they just, oh yeah, there's my Charmander and it just goes off and does whatever. Uh, talking about the Switch though, this was a very interesting article that came out this week on The Verge talking about the Nintendo Switch hacking scene. Now, we had previously reported on the kind of hardware hack of the X1 chip that um, was occurring that left uh, basically every single Nintendo Switch susceptible to being hacked in a way. Now, we didn't actually know what that meant or entitled, or we here at the dispatch hope that people would not do anything, but that's not the case because people are people, and they like to hack things and do things. Not me. I'm not a big fan. But... It was an interesting article about what is coming from this and how Nintendo is actively fighting this. So some of the hacks are some custom firmware, some custom software that you can boot into instead of the Nintendo Switch software. But bigger, it seems as if they are figuring out ways of tweaking pieces of the Nintendo software itself. So someone was actually able to do a custom avatar for their account which seems like, yeah, whatever, right? Like I can see your avatar. I can see mine. Mine's my little me character, which is adorable. But this actually leads to some real issues because there are games such as Super Mario Odyssey 
in the balloon run, balloon mode run, where you place balloons and people have to go find them and they put your avatar on them. So, of course, people are terrible and put some uh, X-rated material in their profile photos, <laughs> which, uh, while entertaining to Michael, is not good if you have like kids, right? This is no not good. Um, so one thing that's really interesting, though, is that Nintendo came out and they said a very small number of consumers have been using modified Nintendo Switch systems to display inappropriate or unauthorized material in certain online games. Nintendo always strives to provide a positive experience for all consumers, and this includes continuous monitoring all threats to its product security and taking swift and strong action to prevent them. Modified Nintendo Switch systems have been banned. And then there was a video of someone that did this and then it being banned. So this is good. This is good that they're being active. I also read further on that they actually have like very sophisticated software in the switch and the hardware and software level that does a lot of handshaking. So pirating is like very, uh, very much less of an issue on the switch from like from early signs. It'd be very hard to do compared to the Wii U or the Nintendo 3DS where people could just download things just randomly. But anyways, there's a lot of things going on. I I do not approve of any of this um, while it is entertaining, but uh, I don't know. Do you have thoughts on on the Nintendo Switch? I'm against people hacking their system. Well, that's just... I mean, and maybe I'm not understanding it correctly, but it, it allows th- this hardware exploit allows that switch to be jailbroke, right? So then they can do whatever they want with that. It as far as the um, the malicious part of it is because they jailbroken and they have access to do whatever they want on theirs. They can put some sort of pornographic photo as their avatar and then that gets on mario odyssey but it's not allowing them to like break into the e-shop and download things or steal other people's credit cards or anything to that extent right it's not it's it's that it's that switch that they're allowed to do whatever they want with uh maybe even play like you said you know um steal games i guess maybe that's an exploit that they're able to do um so yeah i mean i i think this is one of those things they're gonna fix it they're gonna get to the bottom of it and they're gonna have it so that you know maybe they can't stop it because it's a hardware issue but when they see somebody doing that that person just no longer can use their switch anymore so you know they're taking they're doing what they can i i'm definitely not gonna I'm definitely going to laugh if I'm playing Mario Odyssey and I see something that I'm not expecting to see, but I can see where, you know, parents don't want their little kids running up on that. So, yeah. um, kind of funny for me, maybe not for parents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on, Todd, Todd Howard of Bethesda says that they will certainly be doing more things with the switch in the future. And I think we were talking about this, you know, after E3 and even last week a little bit, because we were seeing some stuff where it was kind of like, Oh man, is this going to be coming out on the switch is, you know, are they not moving forward with the switch? But during an interview with game reactor, he was asked specifically if there's any plans with fallout or any future plans with the switch. And he did say for sure well that's definitely of interest to us it's not something we're planning at the moment but we think the switch is an absolute great platform so i think that's very promising and then they did go on to say you know what are some of your personal thoughts on the platform and he said i i love it i absolutely love it um i think that it's immediately i felt that it was unique 
and that it's not just a handheld, it's also a console and it's very uniquely Nintendo. So it does seem that Bethesda and Tom Todd Howard are fans of the Switch and we will be seeing more down the line. There's just nothing in, you know, concrete right now of that. And this is a shame to me because, I mean, it's good and bad at the same time because if Wolfenstein had come out at the same time as launch or Doom, granted the Switch may not have been around at those times, but thinking about like if the next Doom comes out, I'm much more likely to buy it at launch when it's a brand new release. But if it comes out a year later at full price, I'm less likely to buy it, just like Wolfenstein 2. I do want to buy it and I want to buy Doom because it looks really good. But I just the $60 is that hurdle like it, that really I don't know that to me, usually when I see a game come out a year or two later, they'll put it a little bit lower. I, I don't know. That's just kind of in my mind. And maybe that's not for everyone, but that's I'm, I'm glad that they like it. And of course, we know that Skyrim sold extremely well. So I'm not sure how well Doom uh, sold, too, but it's kind of interesting. But uh, I, I completely agree with you, though. I mean, you know, you're you're forcing people to wait as it is. Now, that timeline may shrink as we get more into the life of the switch, but I do not want to pay full price for a game. That's a year or more older, you know, where I can buy it on a different platform for cheaper. So I think that's going to hurt the numbers, you know, because I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's only because it is a $60 game. And I think a lot of the indie titles that are coming out, they're coming out still at full price, but they're 10 to $20 games. And it's a much, easier thing to swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talking about interviews, a lot of more interviews happening this week that led to the news. Our good friend Reggie fils uh, president of Nintendo of America, had a beautiful and lovely interview with Waypoint, which is over at vice.com, which will link to all these things in the show notes below. Uh, but he was asked all sorts of questions, very broad range. So I don't want to go over everything. I highly recommend you give it a read. But he did ask specifically about the upcoming Nintendo online service, which has multiple parts, not only playing games online, like we talked about with Splatoon 2 and other Nintendo games, but also this offering of content of kind of playable games. And they're going to have some games um, from the NES that have been updated to play online and things like that. But they said, hey, are you thinking of offering a Game Pass type service such as the Xbox Game Pass? You know, you have so many games, Nintendo. Why wouldn't you do this? And I think Michael and I are uh, of the agreement they should do this. And maybe it's Mm -hmm. a separate service. I will give Nintendo all the money. But Nintendo said, what I will tell you, because he didn't want to comment on other services. He said, what I will tell you is that Nintendo has a deep and rich library. You think? Uh, um, (laughs) uh, We know that consumers enjoy playing those legacy games. And we also know that we've done a lot in making that content available. And to that, Michael said, Yes, like buying Mario 10 times over and over again on every platform. So they have done that. But more importantly, what he said, he said, for us, it's really about being thoughtful around what's the best way to enable consumers to have access to this content and to do it in a meaningful way. We think that will, uh, we think the work that we're doing with the Nintendo Switch Online is one way to address that opportunity. So to me, I'm reading into this word and verbiage. Reggie's very good with words is that they are well aware that people want everything and that they're thinking about doing something about that. That's how I read it. I, they would, uh, they would be crazy not to. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we would all have to agree. I mean, if they came out with a game pass like feature that had 
a back catalog of all those games. And maybe you can create a, a profile and that goes with you on the Switch or 3DS or any future console. And you can t- continuously pay for this, like a Netflix. Um, I can go on any TV and go access or any computer and access my Netflix account. Why not have something similar to that with a Nintendo account so that from here on out, I always have those games. I pay and I will continue to pay that price, whatever it may be, but I don't want to buy the same game over and over and over because that does, to me, starts feeling less about the gamer and the community and the consumer, and it's more about Nintendo making money off of it again and again and again. And they're not even really lowering the prices on some of these games. You know, you're still paying a lot of money for a, a Mario Brothers. So it's like, really, that should be a, a $2 game at this point. And I would still be paying more for that if they released it as a separate thing. Yeah. Um, and I think I, they it, may release it as a separate thing, just like Xbox did, right? They have Xbox Live Gold, which is online and deep discounts and like a game or two free a month, but then also the Game Pass, which is separate. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm up for that. I'm up for it. I would yeah. love that. You know, I, they, they did mention that we would be getting games with the service as well. So I'm, I'm just really excited to see what we get in September. Mm hmm. Another interview that we're digesting here is with the new Nintendo president, Shantaro Furukawa. He has been speaking to news outlets all over the place, kind of discussing the future of Nintendo and the plans for what they've got coming up. And one of those was on the future of the 3DS. So he still believes that the 3DS has huge advantages over the Switch and that they are considering various possibilities with it but they're not sure what that's going to be. It may be a new successor to it, or they're going to just keep work, like rolling out re- revisions to the 3DS. Who knows? But they are considering that. So I, I think that's an obvious, right? We just talked about these numbers. The 3DS is selling huge, and it continues to go up. I, somehow, it's selling more, better and better every year. So yeah, why wouldn't they keep doing this? Yeah, it's, it's I, crazy. I just... It is crazy. And and I just again, we we've we have discussed it, but just don't take resources from that with it be going into the switch, right? Don't don't hurt the switch because you're still focusing on the 3DS, your cheaper um, I guess price point, just because it is doing well. Or or maybe that just needs to be your thing. That's that's all. I just don't want to see the switch hurt because of 3DS. Mm-hmm. They yeah. They also talk about mobile gaming a little bit and that it is steadily becoming an important area for the company as well, and that they really want to diversify its offerings and eventually make mobile platforms a main pillar of revenue, which I'm pretty excited about. I I know you're not a huge mobile gamer, but I would definitely play some more Nintendo games um, on my phone and on my Switch if that was an option. I will also say that Nintendo is pretty thoughtful about when they create their mobile games and most of the mobile games I've played recently are Nintendo games. So like the Super Mario Run and Pokemon Go and things like that. Uh, Magikarp Jump, one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, I love it. I played it like nonstop. I think I got Heather really mad because I was addicted to Magikarp Jump. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I think that I'm glad to see that he's really invested in it uh, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm in, I'm in, I I want more Nintendo everywhere in my life. That's what it, that's what it comes down to. And I want not only more Nintendo, I want more Nintendo Labo in my life. And this week we got some great news. Literally after we posted the podcast last week, Nintendo put out an update that Nintendo Labo now supports Mario Kart for cardboard racing. 
one of the toy cons is a motorbike. And previously that when you put it together, there was an in-game little racing game. Now, we all know that I love folding cardboard and that I bought <laughs> Nintendo Labo. It's one of my favorite activities is folding cardboard. And I had built the little little cars and then also the fishing pole. And then I had stalled on it for a while. And this weekend, I did my due diligence as a good podcaster for the Nintendo Dispatch, sat down, and I built the motorbike Toy-Con. And uh, that didn't take me too long, about an hour, hour and a half or so total. I'm pretty much pro cardboard folder at this point. And I will say the first thing is that I, uh, it's my favorite so far. It is my favorite Labo that I, I built. I have not done the piano yet, which may be my absolute favorite, but it's really it feels really cool. Like the, the revving of a handle feels like a motorcycle, even though I've never really rode a motorcycle, but it feels like one, uh, has resistance. The in game has, it's like motorcycle driving. There's nine total courses, basic, like beginner, intermediate, advanced, and you can do for different CC levels. So I started on the lower CCs and I crushed it you can go like 60 miles per hour in the game. And then I was like, I'm going to just boot it up to the fastest. It's like, how crazy fast can it go to the 600 CC? So it's kind of Mario Kart ish. And the courses are really cool. There's like nitros. There's no you know things that you're throwing at people, but the racing is pretty solid. There's drifting. Uh, you can run into people. You the, the, the circuits are pretty short. You don't want them to be too long because it's kind of um, kind of tiring to kind of turn and twist and do things. But since they made that game for it, it has minimal controls, uh, which is which is pretty nice because you just kind of turn and you can you hit a little button to start your 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 motorcycle. And it's really fun. I was I had a huge smile on my face when I was playing this game. And I don't think that's happened in a while. Like I was like a kid in a candy store just going to town or when you you know, when you do like F F cart racing, like the little go go karts indoors, you know, the yeah. electric ones. And you're like, this is going to be terrible and stupid. But then you get in one, you're like, this is the most fun thing in the entire world. <laughs> uh, that's how I felt again doing this. So I got really excited to do Mario Kart. Here's the problem with Mario Kart is that to get started, you have to. This is upsetting because you put the Joy-Cons inside the, the, the Toy-Con and you have to hit the L and R bumper to start the game. You can't just hit the touchscreen, which means you have to take out the, 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 the Toy-Con, like Joy-Cons from the Toy-Con. And then hit the buttons, put them back in, hit the Labo button on the screen, say that I want to use Labo to do this. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, mm. come on, people. So then in game, I was doing something that I thought would be great, which I like, I'm going to go to 150 CC, just like go for it. Right. And, you know, the more CCs, the faster it is, the more comp competitive it is. That was the worst idea in the entire world. It is not meant for that because. If you think about it, with Mario Kart, you kind of need precision, precision jumping. You have weapons that you sometimes need to sling forward, sometimes need to sling back. You need to, you know, um, you power glide or power do co corners. And the problem here with the Toy-Con motorbike is that you really don't have very tight controls. You're not really turning super fast. The buttons are in weird layout. Like, you're supposed to hit the little little trigger to like slide but then the a button which is in a weird place is to break and then you have to turn it so there's a lot of things going on so then i said 
all right, this is a mistake because I'm just falling off the course, doing terrible things. Let me go to 50 CC, that slow, like not huge competition. I'm probably going to win. And I played the most difficult course on 50 CC, which was the, uh, I forget what it, what, which course it was, the bottom one on the right. And, uh, it was awesome. Like it was really fun. Do I want to play more Mario Kart with it? No, but was it super fun? Yes. I, I just don't think that as a Mario Kart player, I want that precision. So I could see this being really fun for kids, especially if you're playing, if they're already not really caring about winning or not and just gliding all over the place. But that is my review of the Nintendo Labo for Mario Kart that overall, like, does it work? Yes. Does it work to the level that you think it would? Yes, because, you know, you're hopefully your expectations aren't that high <laughs> because you're playing with cardboard <laughs> because you're playing with cardboard. Yes. So that is my review overall of it. I, I did enjoy it, though. That's the thing. And the cool part is that if you already built it, you might as well just get the free update and go to town. Well, I guess that's part of it, right? Because you're you're adding another use for this thing because otherwise people would probably play it a couple of times and then it sits on a shelf somewhere so maybe nintendo's looking at that as like all right how can we get more legs out of these how can we make you know buying the labo more value if we can throw some other games in there and so maybe that'll work in i, I see what you're saying though I, I can't imagine this being uh much more than a novelty or something for younger kids but you're not gonna have friends over and play you know mario kart on like some sort of competitive edge and be like hold wait one second guys i gotta get my my joy con yeah you know bike controller so um but i i do think it's neat and it is expanding on that functionality so i'm i'm all for that another thing nintendo is doing with the labo is they have a creators contest now apparently this is their second one i didn't even know they had the the first one but in this creators contest you are to create a musical instrument or a gaming experience using the cardboard and everything else and it has to you know maybe it's a guitar i think that's one of the examples they show so you're using the the joy cons and the screen and you make a guitar and it has to look like a cool fender or something um and i th i think that sounds awesome so people are customizing them and they're doing all these crazy designs this starts july 19th and then it runs until august 20th but the best part of all of it and the thing that i i want I don't even care about Labo, but I want this. Um, so they have they have three grand prizes that you can win. There's like a jacket with a logo on it and then a framed award certificate signed by the developers. But the best part is a collectible Nintendo Switch that's got a custom paint job to look like Labo cardboard. Like it's made out of cardboard. Yeah. It is beautiful. It is the coolest Switch. Um, I love the color. I love the logo on it. Everything about it. I'm like, you just should be selling these. They're so cool. Yeah. And I, in fact, I hope that this leads to a sign that, hey, they have the production pipeline that they could potentially do really interesting, crazy things like this. I'm, I'm amazed they're not, you know, it, it, granted, I, I don't, I guess on one hit, I don't want to see a lot of cool new switches come out. Cause then I'm like, God, now I got to get another switch. I, you know what I mean? But it, it, I feel like joy cons at least make custom joy cons that people can be buying. I would buy a couple of those if they were cool colors or just some sort of interesting new, you know, maybe we've seen third parties come out with a joy con, the left joy con with an actual D pad. Nintendo, what are you waiting for? You know people want this. Why don't you just release a left Joy-Con? One Joy-Con for like 20 bucks that people would buy 
in in a heartbeat. So I I don't see why they're waiting on that kind of stuff because there is a huge demand that's been proven. Um, but yeah, this is this is awesome. Yeah, it's so cool looking as a collection. I will say it's not quite as cool if you just win the collectible pair of Joy-Con controllers. All of it together, I think, mm. what really makes it with the stand. I also think that the jacket that they could potentially win also looks really cool. Yeah, but next to the the switch, I mean, that's that's the one everybody wants, right? Like, if I got the jack, I'm like, okay, this is cool, <laughs> but I really wanted that switch. So, yeah, I I don't know, I I love it. But speaking of high demand and things everybody wants, apparently Hollow Knight falls right into that category after two weeks on the switch. It has sold 250,000 copies. That's great. That's really Yeah, that's so exciting. Good. I've heard great things about it. My friend Jesse was I was just over his weekend uh, house this weekend and he was just raving about it. He said it's a huge game. It's only $15 and he said that it holds up. It's just really solid and he's really enjoying it. So I've been wanting to buy it. I know you have too, um, but we just have so much to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I know when I do buy this, that's what I'm going to be playing. So I'm trying to get some of these other games, you know, I, I'm trying to enjoy them, too, and not rush things just for the sake of playing something else. But it's it is on the next pl- game to play. So uh, I'm just so excited for them. I'm excited to see more games like this on the Switch. And I think that just lends even more value to the Switch and, and sort of the power of it. Right. If indies are seeing like, wow, look at Hollow Knight, they're killing it on the Switch. That just means more games for us on the Switch, I think. Yeah, I think so. And I hope so. And it's it's good to see it in the top of the charts this week. But, you know, we can't make it through a week of news without some Fortnite news. <laughs> it's impossible, Michael. Um, <laughs> it is impossible. And of course, we have some cross-play updates. You know, we all love that we cannot possibly play with any people on other systems such as PlayStation. Although Xbox, totally cool. They uh, survived mm-hmm. together. Uh, Sony <laughs> is under just a massive PR nightmare. Uh, it is everywhere I look, every news outlet is just bashing them. There was even uh, Reggie was on like Fox News and there was some other local news that I was seeing. Just people are just talking about Fortnite non- nonstop. This is actually, I think, good for Fortnite because it's like free publicity. Terrible for Sony, good for Nintendo and Microsoft. But Sony finally released a second update, um, a snippet of, of response to this. Uh, and that they they said, and I quote, which I, I still think is a terrible thing. They said, we're we, we're hearing it like when I'm talking about crossplay, like we're hearing it. We're looking at a lot of possible possibilities. You can imagine that the circumstances around that affect a lot more than just one game. I'm confident we'll get a solution which will be understood and accepted by our gaming community while at the same time supporting our business, which seems like a BS solution this is total bs combat yeah this was sean Layden, president and ceo of sony interactive entertainment of america uh, sounds just like this a, is such a disgusting thing to say like well we we will maybe do it if we can make a if we can figure out a way to still make money is what he's saying mm-hmm, exactly like, you jerk you you know what i mean come on you guys are like everybody wants to say that's a sony fanboy you guys have the numbers you're outselling switch and and xbox like 
double combined what they make you have the money you're fine everybody likes sony and they like the playstation but you are hurting your market you're mm-hmm. ruining it, it it honestly after e3 i was like you know what? i would look into a playstation there's a bunch of games that are exclusive that i do want to play but the fact that they act this way has almost turned me off completely to the idea of getting a PlayStation because I just cannot respect them as a company. I just find it insulting to gamers to kind of uh, the 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 ridiculous thing of saying that this is maybe hurting their business. Are you kidding me? How in any way does this hurt your business? Um, there's been there's been uh, I think a tweet from somebody behind the scenes or it was a post on something. And they said, honestly, the only thing that they don't like is they can't stand somebody going on like Minecraft on a PlayStation and having to log into their Xbox account mm. that drives them crazy. And they're trying to avoid those kinds of things at all costs. Yeah. It's about greed, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think they're just on top and they can do what they want and and they're doing what they want. And if that impacts them next generation console you know we'll find out so we'll see mm-hmm. i think it's going to impact them this one i think there's people that genuinely that love their playstation but are are very annoyed and aggravated by the way they kind of keep coming out with these bs apologies or sort of compromises like you know we're hearing you what does that even mean you're hearing me like yeah. fix this yeah fix it so yeah fix it fix it sony fix it you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Fortnite, we do have we had a countdown. We mentioned this, I think, a week or two ago that there was some strange, mysterious countdown happening on TVs all across the land in Fortnite world. And we finally found out what they were counting down to. There was a one of a kind event, which I've never been a part of. I think that's very cool. But the countdown happened. A rocket launched out of like a, a base somewhere on Fortnite. And kind of like bounced around the world a little bit, went through a couple portals, and then eventually just like cracked through the sky and created a dimensional rift in the sky. <laughs> so this this was a one time thing. If you didn't see it in the moment, then you have to just catch video feeds of it and see it that way. But uh, <laughs> what's gonna? <laughs> Nobody knows what's gonna happen. I'm assuming it's it's just the lead up to the next. I think next week is the last week of this current season. So that means the new season will be starting. Um, So maybe the whole sky breaks open and we get all these crazy like new costumes for the new season. I don't know. I love that they do this. You know, no matter what your feelings of Fortnite or anything like that, it is so cool to like have these experiences where I'm like, if I'm there at 10 o'clock, I'm going to see this one time thing. I just, it makes me so excited. I think it's super cool. I haven't been playing a lot of Fortnite in the last week, but I will say that it makes me actually want to ju- go jump back in just in case I happen to see something like this. Cause I think it is really, really cool and random. It's the same reason I get excited about Splatoon. And in fact, that's kind of the next topic is that there's always something new, something unique in, in how they change the the game as it as it's going and as you're playing like every two hours or something new almost even though it's the same game but it's a different experience and you know continuing on in classic splatoon tradition there was some news from our good friends in the squid research lab they uh they had a new report that's that's what, literally what it says in my news feed uh inside the nintendo news feed you can see all this including some awesome features but they came out with more content i love it a brand new stage a brand new free stage and four new weapons 
Bam Bam Boozle 14 MK2, the Tenta Sorobrella, the Ballpoint Splatling, and the X Blucher. I love the names of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love the names. Those are pretty great. I love it. Yeah, so you can grab all these now. You can, it's just in there. It's updated. Uh, check it out. A whole new level. I'm really excited to, to, to hop on this week and start playing. Everything should be available now. Uh, so you can go and grab that stuff. And the last uh, little new game that was announced this week, not only some new content, new things in games that was announced, but there's a new Yokai Watch announced for the 3ds this is a, a cool game from level five which has developed a lot of really cool things of like professor layton games a lot of other games throughout the years uh nino kumi uh yokai watch blasters red cat corpse and white dog squad um is a different type of yokai watch game but it is a four-player local co-op battling game there's 400 yokai that you can befriend and use in this adventure to kind of beat baddies up and things. So if you're in the yokai universe, this comes out on September 7th for the 3DS. We're getting a new 3DS game. It's happening. See, look at that investment in the 3DS. Oh, it just keeps paying dividends, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have a couple new accessories to announce. There is a new... Uh, we mentioned it, I guess, last week with the the the, the dock for your... Yeah, the flip, flip for your... Yeah for your switch where you put it in and, it, and you can play games vertically as opposed to the horizontal layout that we all know and love of the switch. Well, now there's another handheld sort of adapter for the switch. And essentially what you do is you take your switch and you just slide it right into this thing. And it kind of gives you uh, almost like the pro controller. It gives you more handle to hold on to so that you're actually playing this as if it's just a large controller with a screen. It seems really, really interesting. You can back it right now on Indiegogo for $18 and you get the gaming grip and thumb pads as well. We will have a link for it in our show notes. And maybe if it's something we also look into, we'll have a review for it. But we just wanted to share it because it does seem really interesting. I know for me, when I play undocked for a long period of time while i do find the switch very comfortable um the the fingers that are on the back that are kind of holding the switch do get a little cramped mm. over time just because it's sort of that flat back but i thought this just looked really interesting and then the other thing that i'm super less accessory but just super interesting item for your bookshelf is the legend of zelda encyclopedia deluxe edition by dark horse this thing is gorgeous if anybody hasn't seen it you'll have to check out the link in the show notes because it looks like the old golden legend of zelda game it even has a nintendo sleeve <laughs> that plastic sleeve that the game would come out of the cartridge it is so so cool it goes up to everything except breath of the wild uh which seems unfortunate but i guess that's because they're supposed to be coming out with another book that covers breath of the wild so maybe that's that's their uh, DLC content <laughs> is you could buy the other book. Yeah. <laughs> but this does look so, so cool. I, I saw it the other day and I'm, I'm totally in love with it. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's it. That is all of our news. So much news. So much 47 news. hours later, we got through all the news this week. We're going to jump right into the top of the charts. The top five Minecraft again at number one, Mario tennis aces. Number two, hollow Knight three, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, and then Splatoon 2 rounding out that top five. Yeah. Yeah. Crash, awesome. that's a new game. The Crash, it, it hit top five. How, how rad is that? That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. And then new game uh, debuts on the top of the charts. You have Lumines, 
remastered. I think that's what we're gonna go with. And then we have Wolfenstein too. Did this just sneak in? Is it what what oh twenty second place? Yeah. Boy, we were way off on that one. What did I say? Top five or top? We 10? said top fifteen at least. Mm, yeah, twenty it snuck in at twenty second. Now that they do thirty, right? We usually do top fifteen, but I just want to eh, just snuck it in there. It's, it's in there. Yeah, it's interesting to see, and I do think price is hurting that game um, because again, it was something you and I want to pick up, but it's hard for me to pull the trigger on that. For one, I haven't played the first, so I don't know if it matters. And for two, it's a full price game, and it's it's you can get on something else for less. Yeah, and that was my problem because it was between that or Mario Tennis Aces, which I'll talk about my um, uh, my hands on later in the in mm-hmm. the show if we ever make it there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of my back and forth. And it was like, well, I want to play Mario Tennis with Heather and give that a go. And Wolfenstein just a one player, you know, adventure. And I'm just gonna do that. So I just went with the Mario Tennis. But I will pick up both that and Doom. I already own Doom on the Xbox, but I will buy it again if it ever goes on mm-hmm. sale. Like $40 is my go-to price on it. That's my, my yeah. insta-buy. I agree. Unless it's something like an Octopath Traveler where it's an ex, you know, it's um, an exclusive and it's brand new. It's not like a year later. I, I don't mind paying full price for that. Yeah. So let's get through all of the new releases this week. On July 2nd, we have Spirit Sphere DX. On July 3rd, we have Runbow. It's really interesting that the second, third, and fourth have one game each, but Runbow is probably the only... This is my this is my game of the week, uh, Michael. So uh, this, is my, this is my pick of the week, and I think it's going to do some good things. But it's it's been out on the Wii U, Xbox One, and Steam for a while. But it is a nine-player game, which I think is really cool. And <laughs> there's multiple modes, five modes. One's a running, one's arena battle, and a bunch of other things. And the idea is that the background is a specific color and there's platforms that like show or hide based on the color. And it looks really crazy. It's like, you know, 15 bucks or whatever. I'm I'm probably not going to pick it up because I have too many games, but like, it seems really cool. I don't know if you watched the video and got to actually see it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think this would be a fantastic party type game. The, the nine blows me away. I think it would just be like anarchy on the screen. It looks <laughs> yeah. like it would be a lot of fun. I love the idea of these things changing color. And then when that happens, a platform maybe disappears. So now everybody's frantically trying to figure out where they're supposed to go. I just think it does sound awesome. Yeah. So then on the July 4th, we have Nico Para volume one. On the 5th, we have Samurai Showdown 5, Awkward. Now, Awkward, this one is something that I'm kind of interested in. We we read a little bit about Awkward. Awkward is considered the ultimate test on finding out how well friends, couples, and families know each other. Essentially, players are asked to answer increasingly uncomfortable questions in secret that they will then compare to see who like what the outcome was. And this is a one to six players. It sounds there's like 5,000 questions involved in this and it sounds completely ridiculous. I love sort of these like philosophical questions that you have to ask of people and sort of see what they say. Like some of them are easy. It's like, what part of your partner do you prefer body or face? Um, and then the other is, you know, if you could only save the life of one, would you choose a one-year-old or an eighteen-year-old? Oh man! So I, I that could be super uncomfortable and weird, and get to a whole bunch of interesting conversations. Uh, it's twelve dollars. I'm actually kind of interested in it just because I do think it sounds. I like that you, cool. you can play it by yourself too. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to know yourself first. I feel like that's the most important. <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta know you, you gotta know you know. You. yeah uh so then we also have disease hidden object this is a horror adventure game where the player goes back and forth between the real world and hallucination world. And you're kind of looking for clues that are scattered all around to help you find out the truth. It's a hidden object game, right? <laughs> like, essentially it has... a hidden object game. They, it's in it's the name. in the title. Okay. <laughs> uh, then you have Johnny Turbo's Arcade, Two Crew Dudes. That's me and you, or Two Crew Dudes. That's us. We, oh, that should have been the name of the podcast, Two Crew Dudes. Then you have Miles and Kilo, Mushroom Wars 2, Pocket Rumble, Squid's Odyssey, Super Rock Blasters, The Journey Down, Chapter 3, so 1, 2, 3, the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to say this probably wrong, Yuso. Yuso. Yuso, it's a puzzle-popping game. Um, (laughs) It is. Yeah, there's a few interesting ones in here. The Pocket Rumble we talked about last week. That's a Neo Geo SNK uh, inspired game. Two button controls. It does look great. The uh, the Mushroom Wars is interesting. It's a real time strategy game and it has a four player online and local. It's actually a mobile and Steam game. So it's free on mobile and $15 on Steam and $18 on the Switch. But it looks interesting. I, I, I don't know. I just. I don't know how RTS games on consoles work out all that well, but that's me. I find it interesting that it's free on mobile, but $18 on switch. You gotta, you gotta buy. Well, there are in-app purchases. So I'm sure there's in-app purchases. Uh, Maybe over time. So is, yeah, exactly. I was going to say you pay $18, but then you still have all of those in-game purchases for your own pleasure. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You gotta (laughs) go on. The one I'm most interested in that I'm still not going to buy because I have too many games is miles and kilo Kylo kilo kilowatt i i said kilo i kilo i I think it's kilo and this is like a classic 16-bit side scroller platformer i don't know which one's miles and which one's kilos one's a boy one's a puppy and you play different environments but my favorite part is when you play as the dog you just drag the kid around (laughs) just like waving (laughs) in the bed it's so entertaining looking anyways it looks kind of fun i don't know if there's anything else on this day that you're so did you get that over pocket rumble i know you're excited (sighs) for pocket rumble pocket rumble could kind of hold me over until um smash bros so i don't know that's my only thing yeah i don't know probably pocket rumble we'll have to stay tuned stay tuned to james not spending money this week i swear (laughs) <laughs> so then we have july 6 the wardrobe uh 2d point and click adventure m rated wow and then july 18th rento fortune monolith and that is it for the games Ooh. so what's your pick what any anything you're picking up and or top pick of the week Oof. um there's n- I'm, I'm interested in pocket rumble and awkward i just think that game could be really fun or ridiculous i don't think any of these are gonna break into the top five mm. all right so my number one minecraft <laughs> and i think pocket rumble will break into the top five i think there's going to be some buzz around this game i could be wrong but i think there may be and uh we'll see yeah that's that's my pick pick it a pick it a week pocket rumble yeah i guess we will find out even though i said rumbo was my pick of the week but (laughs) you've got a lot of pick of the week pick of the week (laughs) Uh. uh so all right everybody's favorite topic across the internet 
what you playing? <laughs> so yeah, last week we didn't play very much, and this week I did play quite a bit. I um, I talked about Labo and Mario Kart, so I'm not going to go too much into it. Uh, and one game I picked up though, because the sale was going on, uh, I picked up a game that people have been talking about a lot since launch, which was Thumper, which sounds like you're playing as a rabbit and you're going to thump on things, but it's not the case. This game is right up my alley. It is quintessential James Montemagno, perfect game for him. And I didn't think so because it has a really weird thumbnail and I didn't really know what it was. But it is a on-rails, rhythm, precision game, high-speed game. So you play as this, it looks like a little beetle almost. And the whole concept is that you're on this rails going forward and music is playing and you have to time your button presses and maneuvers left or right or doing different combinations of that to the music. So you have to hit the A button when this little thing on the rails comes up and you get a thing. And then there's like turn left, turn right, jump over something uh, to the music. But then there's also boss battles where you have to do things and it's time-based and point-based and precision-based. This uh, really is quintessential James. I love rhythm based precision games. It's something I don't, I I played a lot of DDR in in college, but these types of games are really up my alley. So it's really cool. Um, Have you ever heard of it or looked at it at all? I've never heard of it. You are a huge like music game fan. And for me, I'm definitely not that much. So a lot of times these all kind of just blend together for me when I see them. So I, it probably just kind of like went off the radar. Um, but hearing you talk about it, it it gets me more interested than when I just see something quickly, you know what I mean? Cause it's kind of like, Oh, it's another one of those games. Yeah. So it is, has the weirdest art ever, but it was a $20 game. And it was on sale for 10. I think it's not on sale anymore. So this is the only time I've ever seen it go on sale. So if it's ever on sale again, think about taking a look at it uh, because it's really cool. Um, yeah. And then I, I've been playing Mario Tennis, Mario Tennis Aces. It's happened. I remember I didn't have it last week. Now I have it. You mm-hmm. ready for for breaking it down here? I can break it down. Yeah, tell me all about it. So Mario Tennis Aces is an interesting game. We both played the online thing. You played the online thing. I played the online thing. You liked it, correct? I liked it uh, a little, not enough to buy. Mm-hmm. So I bought it for one reason, Michael. Do you know what that reason is? Uh, I believe it's because your significant other is a huge tennis fan. That is correct. And <laughs> she is a huge Wii Sports fan. Oh. Mm-hmm. The tennis, tennis Wii Sports. So I was very excited when Nintendo said that there will be a waggle mode, or they call it swing mode, for Nintendo uh, Mario Tennis Aces. Now, I was just expecting, give me me Wii Sports in Mario Tennis. Like, that's what I want. That's all I need. Like, you don't need anything. That game's not even great, but it, everyone loves it. Everyone loves tennis on the Wii. Simple. It's simple. So, and I figured, well, the Joy-Cons, they're supposed to be high precision, really great. Heather and I booted it up and it's terrible. It's just, oh no. So you don't even, you know, on the Wii, you can kind of turn in the, the, 
the tennis racket turns to where you're moving your your Wii yeah. Nope, that doesn't kind of nope. like spin it. Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's stationary always. And all you're really doing is is up, down, left or right. And, and that's it. So it doesn't matter. And your character auto moves to where they need to go, but they're way too slow. You miss it half the time. It's really terrible. Like it's really, it makes you feel, it makes it feel as if the joy cons like aren't good enough, which seems really weird. Like I'm highly disappointed in this mode. Very disappointed. But then redemption. Um, There is a full on mode where there's all the power ups and crazy things, but there's a simplified, let me just play tennis mode. So we took the Joy-Cons, turned them sideways, and shared the joy where you move your character manually, hit the buttons, do slices. Uh, Heather goes, I like this a lot more. And we played that for about an hour. So it was pretty good. Okay. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, which is disappointing that the swing mode was so terrible, but that mode was better. And then in my spare time, there's actually a full adventure mode. So there's a full story adventure. The story's kind of wonky, but you do different challenges. So you have to like hit piranha plants. Or you have to do certain things um, you're trying to unlock um, and get these gems or whatever. Um, it's, it's quite interesting. There's an overworld map and you're doing different worlds, different tennis courts, and there's the whole online mode. So I've played for quite a few hours of all the different modes combined. And so far, I think it's really good. Although I really just wish the swing mode was awesome because we would play that all the time. Is it because the Joy-Cons aren't good enough? Is, or is that the game isn't utilizing them well enough? I think it's... Be- or is it hard to say? It's hard to say. I want to imagine that the game is not utilizing them correctly, but I don't know. I'm just mm. disappointed. That That's my games. I mean, we both played another game too this week, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, I will mention it. We have been playing... We I got into the beta of Arena of Valor, and we mentioned this last week. It's a, um, a very, very popular mobile MOBA game that people are playing. I think I had just... Cra- like What was it? 80 million active players every day or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So we got into the beta. We registered for that, and it started, I think, on Friday. And I, I've been playing it quite a bit. I am really enjoying it. I... I have not played any other MOBAs, so I don't have a whole lot to like compare this to or so I can say, oh, well, you know, the graphics aren't that good or the gameplay isn't that great. So it, it, I may not be the, the best to review it, but I can say that being this is my first time, I did find that it was an easy game to jump into and kind of start learning how like the intricacies of it. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying that. I find it to be a lot of fun. Now, one thing I will say is, the battles, I'm curious to see how many of, like, am I playing actual players? Did you get the sense of when you were playing it? Are you playing, um, like, bots to kind of help you? Kind of like uh, if you jump into uh, PUBG Mobile, it's it's notoriously full of bots at first, right? So mm. you may have 20 actual players, but the rest are bots because it allows you to play the game and learn about it. So the higher you level the more real people you're starting to play and it does get exponentially more difficult. So I'm curious if Arena of Valor is doing something similar because I am getting MVP a lot and I don't know if that's because that's like a level, you know, we're all level two. So everybody's a beginner and and you just happen to get MVP or am I playing like a lot of bots and it's just easy. So I'm getting MVP that way. Either way, I am enjoying it. I seem to be doing well. I don't, I don't know. Um, 
and I, and I just, I like, I like when they have, there's a lot of little intricacies to it. The more you play, the more you start unlocking things. And there's like a ton of characters you can unlock and use, and they all have different, you know, attacks and, and techniques. So I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. It's, I booted it up now. I had the challenge that when I registered for the closed beta, I was in Europe. So it signed me up on the European eShop. Oh gosh. <laughs> so I had to create a European eShop account in for france i don't know why i picked france i couldn't pick any english-speaking country so my entire eShop for my eu is in france so but i did get it and download it and then logged in on my normal account i did play for i went through all the training which was super fun and then i played uh, two games online i was not mvp i don't know i did we did win every time so maybe it was um rigged <laughs> but i will say i'm pretty impressed by it i think it's pretty rad um it runs really well yeah i'm and surprised I think it looks good yeah it looks good i don't know and it, it control it doesn't feel like a mobile game agreed agreed it does not you know which i like i did catch though that there is certain things and i can't remember now but i made a I made a mental note of it that it's either the voiceover or the commands i think the commands were accurate but the voiceover was saying like drag it to the x and i'm like oh that's because they didn't re-record that for this switch version that's great yeah so i'm assuming that'll get fixed yeah and this beta i think will go on for the rest of this week they said it's going to run for about a week and so like however however long they want it to be um going so i'm connecting it right now and seeing if it's still going to connect and i think it will i'm going to try to play some yeah i think we still get a like a a, end of this week i think is what we're going to get i hope um so it's definitely worth jumping in if you if you had the beta and just haven't fired it up yet uh try it out because i think it's it's going to be best in the long run it is going to help and it is a lot of fun i'm enjoying it it's good anything else you've been playing Yes, I did get to the demo of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Mm. And I will say that I guess this was a Wii. I never played it on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. I think Wii U game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never played that. I never owned the Wii U. So I'm excited to try this out. I will say the second I saw motion controls, um, I was very turned off by it. You don't necessarily need them. I'm not even entirely sure what they do. Uh, you and I talked about it a little bit, but on the Switch, I was playing with my Pro Controller and you have this uh, cursor on the center of your screen that's kind of always in the way. And But you don't need it for anything. I guess you can aim it at characters and whack them and it sh- they shake a little. I don't know what it does. But everything else is sort of this three-dimensional world and you can control the camera to kind of help you solve puzzles. That aspect of it is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying that part of it. Um, but I don't like any motion control stuff. I am hoping like that this game could come out on a switch version with maybe that functionality sort of refined. Mm. Yeah, that's my concern. It's also coming out on the 3ds at the same time. Mm. So my concern is that it's maybe better on the 3ds because of that, which, but there's, I I uh, guess, but I don't understand what it does then because like I said, I, 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 you can control it by tilting your controller and that moves the mouse or, you know, the cursor around. And then when I would do it, I'd hover it over, say like a flying whatever, and I would pull the trigger and it just kind of like shakes it like boom, 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 like you're poking it with something, but there's no other functionality that I can see. Maybe later on in the game that does come into play more, but in the first, I got, you get three levels and the first three levels, it didn't come into play. Also, I will say it's extremely easy. Now, I don't know if that's something you can change the settings when you get the full game or if it just gets much harder as you go, but I played the first 
the demo gives you the first three levels uh, or stages, and I beat them all 100% perfect, not dying at all, and did not feel like there was any risk of even dying. There was mm. there was no challenge. Mm. So uh, I I love the the aspect of it and the puzzle aspect of it. I do think it's really fun to kind of like you keep turning the world and be like, oh, how do I get in there? How do I get that diamond? Because that's kind of what he's going for. How do I get that treasure? Um, that, that was a lot of fun. It was more fun than I was thinking I would have playing it, but it, it just needs to be a little more challenging. Yeah. I'm curious when it comes out too, because I think there's some extra content in it and some other things that they're doing. And it's only going to be a $40 game, which I think is a good move on Nintendo because this really is a side level of one of the Mario games, the kind of bonus stuff that they've made a full game out of. So it'd be interesting to see how it does and i know there's a two-player mode too that they added so i'm very curious about all of it i haven't played the demo yet even though i did download it so give it a try people uh and then just rounding it out to fill in i did jump on fortnite here and there i missed the one of one of a time event but i have been playing it i am enjoying it i am thinking it's they're doing a great job with it but everybody knows what fortnite is so are you playing it more on the switch or still on the xbox you know what i'm actually trying it more on the switch but you run into problems because i've been playing docked a lot and i can't you put headset into my controller so it's kind of like well that's a huge factor of the game is to be able to hear the footsteps and hear where people are coming from so if the ac is running or whatever's going on um i really i i it won't ah gotcha that's that is that, that makes sense well actually bonus Bonus mode here I'm in our Zencaster. I'm putting a link here to another accessory that I actually kickstarted this week. I think we had talked about it. Um, so you should boot this up because maybe this will solve your problem going forward. Is mm-hmm. has 17 days to go. It's called the Genki Bluetooth Audio Adapter. I think you found this originally, and now it's alive on Kickstarter. But this is a little mm-hmm. adapter for the USB-C and also for the back of a docked system. That's what I was concerned about. And, oh, mm-hmm. that's smart, because I also had that concern. And what it does is it turns the USB-C into Bluetooth audio and a microphone for up to two people, which is kind of interesting. Uh, so you can connect two things to it. And um, it's battery-free, so it, it just runs off the, the power of the switch. So you don't need to charge it or anything. But then there's also this adapter that can go into the back of your uh, dock, which is powered so you can just use it from your TV mode, which I think is great. So this is something you should look look into. I think it's pretty cool. The Kickstarter's there. And right now it's $50, $50 hmm. with the dock adapter or 40 if That's you own 40 if you only want the on the go. But I don't know why you wouldn't. So. I think that's a great, I I think they're going to really start seeing that being a huge benefit because um, I think it was with the, as of 5.1 release for the switch, that's when, that's what made it available for Fortnite to use the uh, audio jack to, to bypass the app Uh. and just do speaking through the game. It was in that update. So if you build a game around that, none of the games need the, the app any longer. So this is a product that could actually come into play a lot and not just for Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be pretty cool. And there one, yeah, there's other things that you could probably look at too, maybe doing audio to Bluetooth adapter or something. But I mean, ideally we just want it built in, right? And we just want, I just want it to be built in. 
that's another podcast though, because we're already over an hour. This is the longest special edition. It's not a special edition, by the way. Episode 10. We made it to 10. That is for sure. So um, I'm glad. That's special. It is special. Well, you can find us everywhere (laughs) on the internet uh, at Dispatch Podcast. You can follow along as we tweet out games that we're playing and news along the way. You can find me at James Montemagno at MS Rivet on Twitter. And this has been your weekly Nintendo Dispatch.